Welcome to Coffee with Michelle, a podcast I created using messy action so I could share super fun and random stories with 30 of my closest friends. Hello, hello. It is Sunday. Welcome to episode 11. It's a super lazy Sunday. I was literally on the couch watching television, petting my dog, and and then I thought, oh my God, I have to do a podcast episode. Otherwise, it will have been two weeks. And it's one of those things where two weeks becomes three, three, six. The next thing you know, I'm 95 years old and realizing I forgot to publish any episodes. <laughs> I have not seen Barb or Winnie in a couple weeks. We've had to cancel for a couple different reasons. Well, I actually, I did get to see Barb the other day when I came home. She was sitting outside. So I went over and talked to her. Uh, let's see. So I'm going to dig into a couple things. This is probably going to be a pretty short episode, but I'm totally cracked out on this podcast called Twin Flames. It is interesting. It's a wondery podcast. Theirs are always so freaking good. And this one is about this guy and his girlfriend, I think wife, basically starting a cult that helps other people find their twin flame. And holy hell, (laughs) I'm I'm like, what are we doing here? Because it's incredibly sad. It's very, very, very sad. Um, it's sad that they are capitalizing on these poor people who are desperate to find love. And the links at which they get these people to go through is staggering. And it's there's literally only like three or four episodes out. So God only knows where that's going to go. Got to be nowhere but entertaining. That is for freaking sure. And there is definitely this culty vibe in the coaching industry. The coaching industry is quite interesting. And I really didn't expect there to be this um, uh, this whole underbelly to the industry. And what I mean by that is so once you become a certified life coach, you then go out and you grow your coaching business. But there is this huge group in the coaching industry that it's almost like this machine and very culty. I will tell you, it is very culty. And that was what I was thinking about with this twin flame thing. The interesting thing with the cults is most of them include some type of mindset work or some type of empowerment work. So what was that one? Nixium, that cult? Wasn't that the really crazy one out in New York? Anyway, it's this interesting thing where they use the mindset and empowerment work to help people. In the beginning, it's very helpful, right? And I do firmly believe that mindset is a huge piece of the pie when it comes to creating new results in your life. You have to change the way you think. And it's incredibly powerful, but what's interesting is these people that teach others how to like change their mind, change their life, do these things. It must be easy for them to slip into cult leader mode (laughs) because 
it just happens frequently. Like, I doubt anybody sets out to, like, oh, hey, I'm going to start a cult. I think what happens is they teach people these concepts that genuinely work. And then they realize, like, oh, now that they know this stuff works, we can use it to manipulate them to get them to do what we want them to do, which is huge in the coaching industry. More on coach, it's like coach on coach problems, not... You don't really see it as much with coaches and just civilian clients. There's like this whole underbelly where new coaches come out and then you have more established coaches going, hey, if you're a good coach and you believe in coaches and you should hire me, and if you're really committed, you should pay me $10,000 to work with me for six months. That's not an exaggeration. I have friends that I met through certification that have dropped a ton of money on coaches Coaches, coaching, coaches. It's like a very MLME. Um, and it's interesting because there is a lot of manipulation that goes into it. And so they're like, hey, you know, mindset's important, right? You know, you have to invest in yourself to get more. And then they totally manipulate you into giving them a ton of money. It's And then there are the coaches who are like, I'm having a hard time finding clients. So I'm just going to coach coaches. And so there's like this whole poaching the coach thing that goes on. And not that all coaches that coach other coaches have bad intentions, but it is a very interesting little mess underneath the machine of coaching that is real. That was really unexpected. I did not anticipate that at all. Um, but I've made some really great friends along the journey. And. <laughs> There's a group of us that we meet up every week, almost like, because we all work solo. We're all solopreneurs, so to speak. So it's almost like we're co-workers meeting up to kind of share stories, which is always pretty fascinating. But anyway, it's the culty thing is so interesting to me. And this podcast, this Twin Flames, I think is going to get real interesting as things progress. <laughs> because... I've already listened to the episodes that are out twice, and I never do that. So if you're looking for something new to watch, I would definitely check it out. Okay, I'm going to share some fun travel stories. These, I'm just, This is just going to be a segment that's a bunch of random little stories from my travels. And trying to remember what brought this up. Oh, my post on Facebook. I bought a new phone recently and I had to sit outside the Apple store at the mall waiting for them to open. It was just fascinating to me how many people just walk up to the closed gate to ask the staff if they're open. It's like, well, there are 15 of us standing here waiting to get in and a gate that's closed. Um, And then when the guy, <laughs> when it was time to open in this friggin' Apple store, probably had like 20 employees and when they were getting ready to open the guy's like okay I'm gonna lift the gate and I don't want anybody crawling underneath I want you to wait until the gate is all the way to the top and I'm thinking what are we doing we're adults all of us are adults I'm pretty sure we can wait till the gate comes up uh no no we didn't several people had to like do the limbo is that what that was called at the skating rink back in the day several of the adults had to do limbo to get in 
And that's always just shocking because there's 20, there's more pl- employees there than there were people waiting. Like, why are we running? <laughs> why are we freaking running? So anyway, I posted that on Facebook and someone said, oh, I bet you got to see a lot of crazy stories because I love to people watch. I bet you got to see a lot of crazy stories when you traveled because I used to travel quite a bit in my last job. And I don't, I know I have a lot more that I don't remember and maybe they will come up at some point, but I have a few that I for sure remember. (laughs) All right. So this was a flight I was taking, a flight I had from Tulsa to, I got to close Facebook, from Tulsa to Salt Lake City and it was a pretty early flight. I think it was like a 10 a.m. departure. And I was sitting in the gate and uh, the gate area. And here's this drunk guy. Really loud. It's like, oh, God, really? (laughs) And I usually love to talk to strangers. But the one time I genuinely do not want to be screwed with is on the plane. Like, leave me alone. I put my earbuds in pretend I don't exist it's it's just like we're already in this huge thing flying through the air that we have zero control over just give me my give me control over my space you know and so I'm like oh god this guy he is a handful and so we finally start boarding and oh this is another one I'm going to tell first so get on the plane I had to grab I think it was like one of the two-seaters. So I was on the aisle. There was a woman in the window. And I'm going to try to picture this or try to <laughs> describe this in a way you can picture it. So you sit in the seat, right? You sit straight forward. Maybe you cross your legs. Well, she sat straight forward, crossed her legs, and then tilted her body to where her cross legs were now in front of my legs. Like not even remotely in her own space. And at the time, I was very non-confrontational. <laughs> I was very non-confrontational. And in my head, I'm like, oh, my God, there's no way this woman is going to sit here like this. Like, she was sitting at a full-blown tilted angle to where her her knee was pretty much close to mine, where she was right in front of my legs. I'm like, well, what in the hell are you doing? So I'm like, okay, this is my thought process. I'm like, oh, Jesus, she cannot There's no way this woman's this delusional and completely wrapped up in her own world. And I'm like, okay, breathe in. It's okay. You're going to be fine. We'll just relax. She's going to move when we start to take off. (laughs) And I'm telling you, I literally turned and looked at her and I said, this? And I pointed to her legs. I go, not going to work. And she looked at me shocked. She said, what? And I said, no. This is not going to work. I said, there's an invisible line right here. That is your side. This is my side. You can put your legs on your side. And she was pissed. And I kind of laughed because I'm like, you kidding me? Entitled much? Like, genuinely blows my mind. Now, granted, I used to be super codependent. So I spent way too much time thinking about what other people felt and how other people thought. But to be that delusional, I could not understand it. Like my brain could not comprehend the zero fucks given 
to where it's just let me just completely violate somebody else's space so I get what I want. Ugh, drove me crazy. So anyway, back to the flight to Salt Lake City. So drunk, annoying guy. We all start boarding. I get on. I'm in the window. You'll never guess who sat next to me. <laughs> this guy. And I like closed my eyes a little bit. And I thought, oh, dear God. This is going to be a long flight. He's like, hey, how you doing? And I go, oh, God. Couldn't be better, my guy. Couldn't be better. <laughs> he said, let me buy you a drink. And I said, ah, I don't drink on flights. And I never really did because I like to have fun. And I, I don't even drink that much now. But when I would drink before, it's like, no, let's get social. Let's have fun. And that's just not easy to do on an airplane. And so I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. And it's early. And then he's loud and he's trying to tell me stories. Everybody's staring at him. And he has, he owned a vacation home. I think it was Winter Park. I think there's a winter park in Utah. I know there's one in Colorado. So anyway, he owned a vacation home in Winter Park and was meeting his wife up there. And so he was celebrating vacation early. And he kept trying to buy me a drink. And I'm like, I sat there and I go, this flight is going to be miserable. So why not join him? Can't beat him, join him. So I said, all right, I'll have a drink. <laughs> He got me a drink we proceeded to get rocked out buzzed and he kept breaking his watch and I somehow could figure out how to fix it I had those um artificial nails is that what they're called I haven't done that shit in so long I don't even know what they're called <laughs> and so I was like oh my god I can totally help you so I went chick 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 and fixed it and he'd scream you're a clocktologist and I told him a few funny stories he told me stories and every now and then I would tell him a story and he'd scream you gotta be shitting me Clark and I'm like I did not understand what he why he kept doing that I couldn't understand why he kept doing that and then someone later said oh it's from National Lampoons and then it kind of made sense so anyway it ended up being a really fun flight but then people were staring at me too. So <laughs> you got to, if you can't beat them, join them. So that was pretty fun. Um, Let's see. I, oh, this was a good one. So I went somewhere with a coworker. We flew somewhere. We were on the same flight back home and it landed pretty late. I think we got home like around 11 p.m., which for me might as well be 4 a.m. And... We both parked at fine parking, and so the way that works is you get on the little shuttle at the airport, they drive you to the parking facility, you get off the little bus, and go get your car. <laughs> and, and so we get on this shuttle, and it's the two of us, and a, there's a guy sitting across from us, and so the driver says, you guys parked valet, indoor, outdoor, and I'm like, indoor, my coworker's like indoor and he looked at the other guy and the guy's like, I don't know. And he said, well, do you remember if you parked with something covering you? And he's like, mm, I don't. And he said, well, do you know if you were parked, if you parked at our facility? 
And he's like, listen, you keep asking me questions I can't freaking answer, dude. (laughs) I'm like kicking my coworker. I'm like, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. And the driver said, ah, well, here's the thing, buddy. If I take you over there and you're not parked there, you're just going to like be stranded. And he said, do you, do you remember riding a bus to the airport? When you parked, and he's like, oh, my God. The guy's like, oh, my God. How many times do I have to tell you? I don't know. And the guy's, like, really confused. Like, I, in his head, he's like, I do not know how. He's like, I do not know how to handle this. And that went on for several minutes. And I love the fact that the guy was getting pissed at the driver for asking him questions because he clearly had no clue. And he was with a woman. And so we couldn't quite figure out if the guy was drunk and couldn't remember or if maybe they had been gone so long he couldn't remember. But holy hell, it was hysterical. It was so freaking funny. So funny. Then there was another time I was at like a, what was it, a Friday's? Is that kind of the main thing at airports? Yeah. I was sitting at the bar to Friday's having lunch, waiting for one of the many delayed flights and started chatting with this guy that was sitting that sat next to me. And I think he was from New Zealand or something. I don't remember exactly, but we talked quite a bit because we were super delayed. And he's like, you know, uh, you and I could go out sometime if we're traveling to the same area. We've had a lot of fun here. And I said, yeah we going to invite your wife or what are we doing with that? Because he had a wedding ring on and he said, oh, I have a contract. And I said, oh, what? He freaking pulls out a contract between him and his wife where they basically both said they're staying married simply for the convenience and they get to approach their lives as if they're single. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, this is fascinating. One, I'm not remotely interested in this. But two, I had to know all the details. And my God, I wish I could remember all of them because it was a fascinating story. And I think it was like they realized they were no longer in love. He made really, really good money, but he knew if he divorced her, he would lose half of it. And he didn't want to lose time with his son. She certainly wanted more access to his money than half. And so they just said, you know, let's just stay married. And we'll just each be able to go date and do whatever we want. And so they had a contract drawn up and they both signed it. And it was quite fascinating. Crazy, crazy. Another time I was in Dallas in the Admirals Club, which I think I bought a pass one year when I traveled all the time, which was kind of nice because you could get out of the main airport section and just chill out. But you would always meet other chronic travelers will say which a lot of them had interesting stories um one guy his occupation he was a freaking kidnapping ransom he was a he sold kidnapping insurance ransom insurance which is exactly what it sounds like where you can buy insurance to cover your ransom so that if you get kidnapped you call the insurance company they pay out no shit Did not know that existed. And he said people use it frequently because in some of these countries, like Mexico, 
He said, it is an actual business. That is their business model is to generate revenue by kidnapping Americans and threatening their lives for a ransom. (laughs) It's insane. And he, God, he told me a really interesting thing that I think he said the most dangerous city in the United States is actually El Paso. Although I don't think that's what it's. I'm going to Google it. Hold on. Okay. Yeah. So he said El Paso is actually the most dangerous city in the U.S., but it never comes up on the charts because people will kill someone in El Paso and just toss the body over the border. And so the city on the other side of El Paso looks like the most violent, um, most dangerous city in Mexico because it gets all of El Paso's criminal activity. What the hell? How crazy is that? Isn't that interesting? So freaking nuts. And I love, loved, 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 loved people that lost their shit in airports. One I don't know why I find it so fascinating when people lose it. I think it's because I don't know that I ever have maybe once in my life gotten so pissed off that I just like lose it. Um, But so I think I'm just fascinated, (laughs) fascinated by people who get to that point and they just go, hey, I'm going to go a little crazy on this woman that's working the gate because I am I supposed to say allegedly in my opinion, American Airlines is the worst company to fly with. They do not give a shit about anyone. <laughs> I don't care if you're first class. I don't care if you've flown with them for 40 years exclusively. They don't give a shit at all. They're rude. They clearly hate their jobs. They're probably not treated well, which filters down. And so... If you show up to an American Airlines counter pissed off wanting something, ah, good luck. Because you're not going to get it if you're happy. You're certainly not going to get it if you're mad. I think they probably get like bonus credits if they piss people off. <laughs> They're so rude to people. They must get like um, awarded for pissing off people that fly. And if you work for American Airlines, I apologize. But I'm just telling you. I was on a lot of airplanes for many years. Never had such a bad experience as I always did with American. Southwest is the opposite. My God, they're so nice. They're so happy. I used to love flying Southwest. Love it, love it, love it. And a little side note, if you don't want somebody to sit next to you on a Southwest flight, cough. Because you know it's at open seating. People walk on. They're looking around for a seat. If you don't want them in your middle, start coughing. Especially now, my God, I haven't flown since COVID. And I have not missed it at all. Um, What the hell was I talking about? Uh, Oh, people losing it in airports. Many a times. People just scream, throwing tantrums. I watched one girl full-blown breakdown, fall on the floor, sobbing, crying because she left her phone on the plane. Like, lost her ever-loving mind. I felt so bad for her because I would probably do the same thing. Oh, my God. Oh, this is an embarrassing story. I totally forgot about it. Whatever. It's funny. So... 
I I think I was on a flight to Atlanta. Yeah, it was Atlanta. Oh, that's another good story. Okay, so now I'm starting to remember them. Okay, so this is a different trip. So these are two separate stories. So we went to Atlanta for a trade show, and we stayed at a Hilton. And so we all check in, and I notice a few people walking around in full-blown costumes, like furry costumes, like big animals, like uh, polar bears and stuff. No, not a polar bear. What are they called? The bears with the black eyes. Mm, Pandas, panda bears. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on? So we all meet down to have a drink at the bar. And the bartender says, oh, the furry convention is here. And I'm like, the what? And he goes, the furry convention. They took over the whole second floor. And I'm like, "Uh, what are we talking about? So I had to do a little research. And so there's a group of people called furries who love to dress in elaborate costumes. Google furry convention. You'll see what I'm talking about. I'm talking thousands multiple thousands of dollars on their costumes and it's really interesting it's this whole this whole way of life where they show up to these conventions they become a different person they wear their little furry costumes and take on this new identity and what I learned on that trip is if you're a real furry you don't even speak English while you're in costume you just make chirping noises (laughs) You just make chirping noises and stuff. And so I was, oh, I love anything out of the norm. So I was obsessed with all of this. I do have some great pictures. I should dig them up and post them on Insta. Um, and so basically they do that. There is some anonymous hookups to it. I don't think that's all of it, though, because I interviewed quite a few of these guys over the course of our stay at that Hilton and so some of it is for sure just anonymous hookups others just want um they just want to become a new ver. they want to become a new person they want to what is that called when you like totally lose who you are mm, it's Sunday y'all I have weekend brain anyway so some of it is a random hooking up Some of it is just like taking on a new identity and being a version of yourself you couldn't be in your normal life. And there were probably hundreds and hundreds of these furries. And there were only a few that were out during the daytime. And they were very nice to the kids. They would take pictures because the kids were like, oh, my God, look at all the animals. And they would take pictures with the kids and stuff. And there was a fox there. No, woof. He was a woof. And he sat at the bar and I said, how do you drink with that costume on? Because it's like a full woof head. And he goes, oh, I paid extra to be able to drink. Watch this. So he could he could open his little snout and chug through it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so wild. And so I talked to him quite a bit. And he ended up forming a little crush on me. <laughs> And I was sitting with my freaking clients meeting with them the next day. And he walked up, interrupted our meeting to hand me this little heart that said, you have my heart. Dog bomb was his name. 
with his email address. And uh, let me just tell you, it was wildly fascinating. I think the second or third night we were there, because at night all the furries came out. I'm talking they had Christmas lights on them. They had shit jingling, buzzing. The money they spent on these costumes was wild and so fun. <laughs> so fun. So me and one of my old co-workers who recently passed away, which is so sad. We uh, we were, I think, the last two up. And I said, hey, let's go pretend we're with the furry convention and get in on that second floor so we can see what's going on up there. And he's like, I'm totally down. So... <laughs> and they had security and everything so anyway we go to we get on the elevator and this canadian guy was on there he's like what are you guys doing i said we're gonna go break into the furry floor and he goes oh my god i totally want to go with you guys so the three of us get on the elevator and i said okay here's what we have to do i have a poster it's a furry poster so this might i'm holding it i said this might make them think we for sure belong here so we just have to when that elevator opens just walk fast don't even just act like we own the place. And so the elevator <laughs> opened up and we did. We totally just took off. And there were definitely furries everywhere up there. I'm talking, uh, I, I don't even know, but we did not make it long. Security was on us in about four seconds. <laughs> they said, you have got to get out of here. And so we did. We left, but it was... It was such a fun trip. It was for sure one of the best. My boss was so annoyed. He's like, Michelle, these furries are disgusting. You have to stop talking. <laughs> He's like, you have to stop talking to them. And I said, I can't. I'm so obsessed with all of this. I have to know the details. And like a true stalker and um, a technology investigator, I don't think that's what you would call it, but I figured out who Dog Bomb was. He worked for NASA. I totally cyber stalked the hell out of him until I figured out where he worked just from his email address, which was dogbomb at like Bob dogbomb23 at hotmail.com. And I full cyber stalked all the things until I found him. And I think most of those guys were kind of like that. They had those really high paying jobs, but maybe a little nerdy in school. And they just wanted to go stand out. So crazy, crazy, fascinating. Hands down, one of the top trade shows, trade show stories I think I have. Okay, I think I have one more. Unless I think of another one. So this one is, we, it was summer. Had a, we, I was, just got home. I don't know where the hell I was coming from. Just got home. I get on the little shuttle and it's, packed there's like 10 of us on this little shuttle and as soon as I sit down I'm like oh I go oh god what is that smell <laughs> I go oh my god what is it smell it was awful like I literally could vomit right now thinking about it I was like oh god I go what is that smell and the guy next to me goes I don't know it's fucking disgusting does anybody know what that is and everyone starts going oh god roll the windows down <laughs> roll the windows down and the driver's like oh god who does anybody is that any who what is this does anybody know what this is and this woman says yeah it's mine and he said what is it and she said well you know i was in florida and 
the seafood out there is so great that I wanted to bring some home. So I froze it and put it in my a bag. And I guess it thawed out on the flight. Oh, good. You guys, this woman. And I've done some dumb shit in my life. I'll be the first to admit it. The Vaseline thing in kindergarten. I've done some dumb stuff. She freaking is like, oh, okay. Uh, love all the crab legs. Love all the seafood. So I'm going to freeze it. And then I'm going to stick it in a grocery bag. And I'm going to check it in the luggage they put underneath the airplane in the middle of summer. Oh, what are we doing? So it thought out on the flight, of course, because there were two flights. And we're talking nine to ten hours. And by the time she she got that damn bag on that bus, there's seafood juice seeping out of her fucking bag onto the floor of the bus. (laughs) And when I tell you, people were furious, like furious with her because we were dying. And that shuttle ride, it's not long. It's like maybe four minutes, but it was a long four minutes, like gagging people. It was the most disgusting thing I have ever smelled in my life. And I, honest to God, don't know how someone in that house didn't say, I bet it won't stay frozen the whole time. I wonder if this will stay frozen. Like, how did no one think that? (laughs) Think about it. Oh, and the guy that drove the shuttle was furious. So he's like, I can't believe you did that. He says to the woman while we're on the way, he said, I cannot believe you did that. This is horrendous. And she said, yeah, you learn, right? You learn. And so he, he got her, she parked outside or something. So he let her off as soon as we got into the parking lot and she got off and he said, this is going to fuck up my entire van. And that's pretty intense for someone that works. He did not try to hold customer service mode. He was furious, but it was unbelievable. (laughs) It was completely insane. All right. Well, this is a very low vibe podcast episode today because I genuinely was like mid lounge on the couch and I was like, oh shit, I need to go do a podcast. I probably should have saved the furry story for when I was in bigger energy because it's a great one. Um, But I hope you enjoyed it. As I tell all my clients, messy is better than non-existent. And so I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got a laugh or two. And hopefully I'll get to see my girls this week for coffee so we can have another Coffee with Barb update. And as always, I love hearing from you guys. I love hearing from you guys. I love all the comments. Always send, feel free to send questions anytime if you have questions for Barb, questions for me about other stories I've told that maybe I didn't include enough or just any questions whatsoever. And I will be happy to answer them. So thank you for listening. If you like it, rate it, review it, share it with a friend. And if you subscribe, you don't have to remember to download each episode. It will automatically download it for you. All right. Bye, guys.